Well, good morning, church. It's good to see you today, gathered together. I hope you find encouragement from it. And that's what we're talking about today, the encouragement of connecting into the fellowship of Christ and his church. And that is core to the DNA of a disciple. We looked at last week in Acts chapter 2 about how the Holy Spirit came upon the church for the very first time and imprinted his DNA into the church. And at the end of Acts chapter 2, there's a few specific ways we see that DNA, as the DNA tells the cells of a body what to do, we see those cells doing those things. And we're going to look at one of those things today, but you just saw here in Uganda, go to the next slide please, uh, you saw believers greatly increase in Uganda and many people coming and connected into the fellowship of Christ and the fellowship of the church. And that first started back here in Acts with the first church. There's a summary here in Acts chapter 6 that mentions that in Jerusalem and people, this is in their own backyard, the gospel took root and people got connected to this thing. And so the chapters prior to this shows what happened to make that happen. And as we go to the next slide, please, this Acts 2.42 is a really key verse. This idea of the DNA of the church. And they're devoted to these four things. They're devoted to the teaching and to the fellowship and to sharing and to prayer. Part of this section, it mentions that sharing, not just meals, but they are selling houses. They are giving Tremendous service to people that need it. And I want to show you this next slide, this graph. I took those four words from Acts 2.42. I didn't change a letter, all right? And I propose that it kind of spins in a cycle of a disciple, all right? And what we're looking at today is that bottom, that'd be the bottom left corner as... A disciple commits himself to the fellowship of the church and to growing in God's word and to go out and serving their world. It cycles again. At the end of that cycle for a disciple, it starts the process for someone else. As Bob goes out and he shares on behalf of our church the love of Christ, that starts now the cycle of someone else who just got connected to the fellowship. And so, Dan, would you come on up here? Dan's one of our six elders. He's going to read our scripture today. We're actually in Acts chapter 3. And I know that when we look at a graph like this, it ends up sounding like, well, this is a great board meeting and strategy, okay? Kind of theoretical. And yet in Acts chapter 3, you're going to see a single person who this made all the difference for. That's what it's about. These summaries, 
these graphs, it starts to be a little pie-in-the-sky thinking. And at the end of the day, this is about you, me, and someone right now that is not here that really, really needs this. So Dan, go ahead. Good morning, church. Um, I'm reading from Acts chapter 3, 1 through 11. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man, lame from birth, was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the Beautiful Gate, so he could beg from, from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently. Now that, that's the phrase that's jumped out to me. Peter and John looked at him intently. How many people had passed by, glanced, and kept going? Bob looks at Africans and that overseas intently. Uh, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. Get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then, walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Thank you, Dan. Well, as we go into a time of teaching through the word here, let's start with prayer. Lord, we pray for your Holy Spirit to open the eyes of our hearts to see what your word would have to say to us today. I pray for the, the soul that's here that wonders where your voice is, where you are. Speak to them today, I pray, through your word, through this fellowship through the love that's here. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's go to Acts chapter 3, if you want to follow along with me. Verse 1. So what just finished up was Acts 2, Holy Spirit came, and it shows the DNA of that Holy Spirit. That's who the Spirit is. That's what the Spirit is doing, is these things. And so therefore the church is doing these things. And then it gives a really good practical example of what does this look like? And so in the first verse, to the apostles, they go to a prayer service at 3 o'clock at the temple. And at this prayer service, there's a man that's laying by the side of the door. I have a couple questions about that. Why is that man not inside the prayer service? I don't know why. It says that each day he was put beside the door. We might call it the door of that church. A man lay there for each day. Later on we find out that he was lame from birth. He could not walk and that he was over 40 years old. And each day this man lay at the door of the church. And in case you wonder, 
people didn't notice him. Maybe not. But at the same time, he was yelling for help. He was begging. We have a world that's not connected. They don't know Christ. They don't know the fellowship that we have here. And they're asking. They're coming right to the door. They're saying, you claim you got something. Will you give it to me? And often they don't know what questions to ask. They don't know exactly what they're looking for. This man was looking for money to make it another day. But his true lack was he was not connected. He stood at the door but didn't go in. Our culture is one of the least connected cultures of history. And I have some facts to prove that. Half of Americans say that they're very lonely. Two-thirds of Americans often feel that no one really knows them very well. Two-thirds. Which I find irony in that that's also the amount of Americans, two-thirds, that don't regularly attend fellowship in church. You know the, the most lonely demographic in our culture today? 18 to 22 year olds. Cigna Health, when they do their surveys for their patients that come in, they find that four out of five 18 to 22 year olds say that they are very lonely. That isolation is not good. (laughs) It really hurts health. And it affects the part of the brain that feels physical pain. It's not good. That's why in this beautiful thing called following Jesus and being a disciple, doing this thing called local church, the Spirit knows we need that fellowship. You ever been in a tough time in your life and you just start thinking of a person or two and you're like, I would love to just be by them for a coffee. <laughs> uh, that thought comes to mind for me. Even from people that are here, I'm like, you know, I could really, I could really talk, use talking to that guy right now. <laughs> fellowship is important. Let's go to the next verse here in 3. It says that he saw Peter and John about to enter and he asked them for some money. As Dan pointed out, Peter and John, they looked at him intently. I wonder what was their intent as they looked at him. I think it was, what does this guy really, really need? And they said to him, I don't have any money. <laughs> so far, I bet that guy's heard that before, right? <laughs> can, I, can I have some money? I don't have any. A lot of conversations have ended at that. 
But Peter and John say, but I'll tell you what I do have. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk and come to church with me. (laughs) See how that corner of that cycle of a disciple goes from Peter and John sharing and serving And as they do that, it brings this man into fellowship. And boy, is he happy to be there. Let's go to this next one. It says, Peter took the lame man by the right hand, helped him up. Peter had to get down, give him a hand. A lot of times the world accuses us not of lifting them up, but of casting them down. But Peter gets down in the mess, gets at his level. He has the audacity to take a man who cannot walk and say, I'm going to pull you up. But I'm going to do it in the name of Jesus. I know that from this obedience, the Holy Spirit is going to empower this thing. Because it's what the Spirit wants to do. And it pulls them up. Twice here it says that he jumps or leaps. Twice it says he goes praising God. From this section in the next slide, twice it says that people were amazed. The Bible talks about the Spirit of God like the wind blowing. You don't see it, but you can see its effects. The other day, my little girl was outside and the wind started blowing and she started giggling. She looks at Dad like, What is that? I don't see it. Yet my hair's flying up. She thought it was great. And I thought about that, just the effects of the Spirit of God. These people are amazed, just like my little girl, saying, where's that coming from? This wind that is blowing with purpose and love. Connecting my soul to a satisfying relationship with Jesus Christ with his community. Where's that coming from? You can't see the Spirit, but you can see its effects. And I think that's more immersive and beautiful. (laughs) Now the Spirit is everywhere. Working through his people. Verse 10. They realized this was the same lame beggar they had seen so often. There's not an excuse there, right? Where they're like, who's that? We've never seen him before. No. They knew exactly who he was. How many of them stopped to help? And they were amazed. Absolutely astounded. So they rushed out into a portion of the temple called the Solomon's Colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. I love that. He was served. This guy got connected. This guy doesn't want to let go. 
few months ago, someone came to our church that's been moved out of state, and he was back visiting, and he was catching up with old friends. And I saw him there. He had one arm around one guy, one arm around the other guy, going ear to ear chatting. And I'm like, that's what I want to be able to do in 40 years. <laughs> right? To look back on the relationships, the wake of my relationships. Just draw them in and be like, good to see ya. contagious too. When we reach out to others, connect, teaches them to want to reach out and connect. And that all started when Jesus Christ reached out to connect with us. We were the lame beggar sitting by the beautiful gate. John 10, 9 says, Jesus says, I am the door. What a beautiful door Jesus is to connect us in fellowship with himself, to bring us eternal life that a man or a woman might never die. Isn't that beautiful? That Jesus would restore our feet so that we might walk in a relationship with Him and to walk in harmony with one another. And to go out and serve our world. Ephesians 2, verse 14, says that, But now, in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Is that true for you today? Have you entered that beautiful gate? Has Jesus restored your ability to walk in a relationship with God? If not, you can bend your knee right now. He is reaching out to you. You can grab that hand and he will pull you up. And as disciples of Christ, if that's who we claim to be, then look in the evidence of your life. Are you doing what the Spirit is doing? Like the early church, are you devoted to the fellowship? Are you devoted to the teaching? Are you devoted to sharing? Are you doing all these things in prayer? If you're not acting like a disciple, maybe you haven't been discipled. (laughs) That's okay. Because Christ and the church have their hand reaching out. Saying, let's link hands and do this together. So this Sunday morning, we're looking at the fellowship. There's opportunities to do that in our church. We're trying to make clear pathways for that as well. We have a welcome center in the back that you can go talk to a friendly face. We have folks at the doors. We have a faith cafe you can circle up. We have over 20 small groups, and my dream is to double that. Wouldn't that be wonderful? That everyone might have that fellowship. 
so that four out of five of our 18 to 22-year-olds don't feel disconnected and lonely, so that two-thirds of our world who's standing at the door can come in. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you empower your church this week. That like Peter and John, we would look intently at the people you bring us in contact with this week. Even this morning, in five minutes, when we stand up from these pews, that we would look around and say, God, who stands at the gate? Who can I connect with? And as we go out to Monday morning, to our schools, to our jobs, to the grocery store, let us look intently at who you've placed as a neighbor for us here. Let us reach out and give a hand. And as you've called us to go share and serve to the ends of the earth, let us never forget those videos and those pictures of people across the world that are waiting for a hand of fellowship. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.